Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. And speaking of sex, oh my goodness, hang on, because I'm going to tell you about a fabulous new training you can join that is about creating your best love and sex in 2020, but first... Our special guest today is, I rarely say this, just an amazing person. Forbes magazine called her a tigress in a shark tank. And has she got things to say about investment, about money, about her journey as a woman in a field that is still predominantly male and she might just have a little bit to say about love. Our guest today is Cynthia DiBartolo, and she is the tigress in a shark tank. And we're going to come back to her and hear her unique story that is so inspiring in just a moment. But first, if you do live in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're going to want to join me Saturday, February 8th at our Modern Love Training Center here in San Francisco for one of my favorite trainings. It's called 2020 Love and Sex, Seven Proven Steps to Create Your Best Love and Sex Now. This is an all-new modern love training. You're going to learn seven proven steps, and I mean proven by real research, not something that was thrown up on the wall to see if it might stick. How you can take that research and convert it into tools into communication, into behavior you can use now to create your best love and sex. Now, none of us got degrees in communication in our love lives or in how to create that great sex life because they don't teach those things. So the most important areas of our lives, we get no training, and that is why the divorce rate is still 51% because we don't know what we're doing and I put myself in that number because I made the divorce rate go up with my divorce because I didn't know what I was doing. Well, I had to learn better so I could love better. And so can you, everybody. We have a special guest who is Jeanne Paylet, who wrote the book, Living an Orgasmic Life. Ooh, how about that? She can't get the book in bookstores or on television because the word orgasm is in the title. Are we still Puritans? What is going on here? We have to get over this ignorance and this kind of phobia about really learning, really evolving in this super important area of our lives. It affects everything, everything, your money, your health, your well-being, all of it. If you don't have a great love life, do I have to keep saying that? All right. So hit me back on Eventbrite or any of our social media platforms. Grab your ticket now. 
or you can send an email to love, L-O-V-E, at docwade.com. That's D-O-C-W-A-D-E.com. And let's take our Ask Dr. Brenda question. She says, Dear Dr. Brenda, I'm a married woman with an active social life. My husband and I met in college, and we're committed to each other's success and happiness, but recent events have strained our relationship. Well, that can happen to anybody. My husband has hinted he'd like to introduce another person into our lovemaking, something we did a few times when we were younger. As a mature woman, I'm not comfortable with this request, but I fear if I deny him his wish, he'll leave me. What should I do? Look, what should I do? What you should do is honor yourself. If you are uncomfortable with your husband's wish, talk to him about it. What does it mean for him? What is it about that? Maybe he wants to spark up your sex life. There are lots of ways to do it that you could be comfortable with. So be open-minded. Be exploratory. Be into investigation for both of you about what you're looking for at this stage in your life. Having a long marriage that's lasted since you're in college, that's gold. Take that gold and mine it and turn it into excitement. And by the way, this, I'm going to give you one fact. When all the research from the five love labs in the United States is distilled, there is one thing that comes through, which is relationships where both people are growing together over time are the ones that stand the test of time. So your sex life could be an area where you're growing. Okay, go for it. Now, Back to our wonderful guest, Cynthia DiBartolo Esquire. Yes, she's a lawyer. Is the founder and chief executive officer of Tigris Financial Partners. And I love the name of that firm. She guides the overall strategy and direction of the firm. She takes her extensive corporate and securities experience to a new generation of financial service firms. And Cynthia has 35 years of accomplishment in the financial world with Fortune 500 companies such as Merrill Lynch, Smith Barney, Citigroup, Bear Stearns. Cynthia, welcome to Modern Love Radio. Thank you, Dr. Brenda. So nice to be here with you and your listeners. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Now, you are somebody who's got such breadth and depth in your field. How did you get into the financial field? Well, you know, I always was inquisitive about finance, even as a child, but I really didn't know what Wall Street was. I didn't know if it was an actual street or (laughs) a bigger place um, or culture, but I can tell you when I got there, I found out it was a cult. um, You found out it was a cult? Yes. Oh, my God. Back in the 80s, it was a very difficult place for women. We didn't have a lot of opportunities uh, in terms of what we would do and yeah, how one we of might the things that I, you know, I ladder. read this article about you in Forbes magazine, and I was shocked. You talked about why your first boss at Bear Stearns hired you. Would you tell that story? Yes. You know, when I was hired at Bear Stearns, I was supposed to be an institutional credit analyst and receive certain training, and month after month, my training was getting delayed, and I'm watching all these young guys that were hired along the same time get the training that I was waiting for. And I did ask um, the partner 
that I work for, like, why did you hire me? You know, like, I, I really need to understand that. Like, and I was kind of hoping he was going to say it was my competitive drive, my, my autonomy, um, you know, but he didn't say that. What he said really changed the trajectory of my career. His response to me was, well, Cynthia, if I have to work with someone eight hours a day, they need to be easy on the eye. And that response really took my breath away. And I realized these guys are never going to take me seriously. I need to arm myself with a skill set that can really differentiate me from other people in this industry. And that's when I decided to go back to school, to law school, to get a federal securities specialty um, at law school. Wow, good for you. And But that mm-hmm. kind of behavior, that kind of degrading of women in the workplace, that's what Me Too, Time's Up, all of that is all about, women being treated as if they're objects. Well, you showed them because you did come back from law school, a whole new person. And, you know, Cynthia, one of the things that also jumped out at me from your story is that you had a bout of head and neck cancer. How did you deal with that and build a career? You know, I almost lost my life to head and neck cancer because I put my career first. Even when I was symptomatic and in pain, I really didn't go to a doctor. I didn't know what it was. The furthest thing from my mind would have been head and neck cancer. But I kept thinking, you know, I have a job to do. We're in the middle of a financial crisis. It was 2009. And at the time, you know, everything was upside down in the industry and everyone was pretty much in fear of what was happening. So, and I didn't have a network of women at my level that I could say, hey, you know, I'm not feeling well. I need to take some time to, um, to see what's wrong with me. So it was... Uh, I guess divine intervention one morning, I just happened to break a tooth and that sent me in to see an ex-husband who was a dentist and he noticed this enormous um, mass growing through my tongue and into my mouth, uh, down my throat and he asked, I don't even know how you swallow. And I was telling him I had had difficulty swallowing for months and uh Right after that, went to um, to the hospital, met with the head and neck surgeons immediately after seeing him, and they diagnosed me with advanced squamous cell carcinoma of the head and oh neck. Oh, God. Wow. Mm-hmm. And oh. it's a brutal diagnosis because um, it, as it advances, uh, it will metastasize, it will travel to the brain. It's, yeah, so well, I God ended up forbid. having you surgery. Sur- yes, you survived. Yeah. That is amazing. A great team of doctors. Um, I had, uh, over the course of the treatments for my cancer, I had a mandibulotomy to split part of my face, a glossectomy to remove a significant part of my tongue, a tracheotomy. Oh, my God. Now, I've met you in person, and I would never have known you have been through all of that. You, you're just amazing. I, I can't say, I, I feel like I'm a broken record, so I'm so stunned by the story because I had no idea. 
Absolutely. No uh, you know, I think I'm blessed to have been around an incredible community of skilled surgeons, incredible speech pathologists, um, a family that was supportive because my tongue was reconstructed using both my arms. I've learned how to speak. My face has been reconstructed. I've done as well as I could do based on my own resiliency. Well, this was now, we're in the year 2020, so we're talking Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, and you came back from this journey, this, this extraordinary health crisis, and come back from it. You're 10 years out. What changed in terms of your mindset? about your work and your career, having gone through that? It must have changed you. Sure. I think work and why you work needs changes after you experience something like that. When you face your own mortality, you have to question what you're doing, why you're doing it, what kind of legacy are you really thinking about leaving. And for me, it was... Am I doing something that's really making a difference in some way? And I want to be proud of what I'm a part of, not just part of a corporation that's driving shareholder returns and profits, but what's the bigger picture about? And that was a lot of impetus for me starting my own firm, which is called Tigress Financial Partners. It is a woman-owned and operated broker-dealer. Uh, it's, it's a Tigris-owned broker-dealer <laughs> because you had to be a Tigris to come through the challenges that you faced with your health. Yeah. Wow. I, del- I deliberately picked the name because it means fierce woman, and I thought I earned the right to use that name. And Yes, you I have earned it. But yeah. I am a woman. You know? you, yeah. All I do in life is inspire another woman to pick herself up when all hope seems lost, then I think I've done my job. Oh, well, you're going to be tigers to me from now on. I can promise you mm-hmm. that. So if you were to give some advice to another woman about picking herself up and going on when all hope seems lost, what would you say? You know, I... There... We cannot control what happens to us in life, but we can control how we react to those things that happen. We have the choice between between being a victim in perpetuity or a victor. And that's how you look at your life, right? And for me, everybody has the R factor, which is our resiliency factor. Ah, I and like res- that, the R factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. May I have your and permission you, to use that? Well, sure. And if you, well, if you, you certainly you, have shown fair. resiliency, mm-hmm. that's for sure. So, Cynthia, because our time is short, would you just outline for us, I know there are a lot of people thinking, wow, a woman who's come through this crisis you've come through, a woman who has survived and thrived and started her own firm in the financial industry, What's the most valuable takeaway on the business side, on the financial side for you? So on on the business side, it's about uh, the fight for diversity and inclusion of 
of all financial services people, uh, professionals like myself, for participation in capital markets transactions because at the end of the day, we represent the underserved investor. We represent women and other minorities that need to get access to capital markets. They need access to capital itself so they can grow their businesses. How many women today are sitting there thinking, I'd love to start a business. And they have the know-how, they have the experience, they have the education, but what they often lack is the access to capital. And I think that's the biggest driver of, 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 of I'm going to say the biggest cause of why so many businesses fail for women is a lack of access to capital. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I've looked at those statistics, and I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. You probably know them, but women are turned down. Yeah, yeah, they're turned down because here in the Bay Area, of course, I'm adjacent to Silicon Valley, and I know many women in the tech world who are, like yourself, just ferociously intelligent, driven, talented women, and over and over I hear about them not getting capital. And I mean, I'm talking Mm -hmm. about women who absolutely deserve to have it, who have ideas that are game-changing ideas and have all of the, you know, education and all of the preparation to prove it. So you're bringing down the barriers to women in the world of finance, access to capital. If somebody's listening right now who has a business idea, how would you, if they were talking to you or somebody at your firm or the other firms that we know that entertain women entrepreneurs, what would they have to have in order to be ready to qualify? Mm -hmm. Well, first, I know it's a long answer, but if you give us yeah. a short version, uh, that sure. would be great. I think I think it's I think it's one having an excellent business plan, knowing why your business, your product, your service, whatever your business is going to be, what what, what makes it disruptive or different from the competition, mm-hmm. and understanding that right because, and then what does the competition actually look like? You know, what does the market share look like? How what what is it? your expense line look like? What is it going to take to run this business? And what do your performance look like in terms of what you can you can earn? Can you, as the entrepreneur, withstand making sacrifices as well? Because you may have to skinny your own life down. You may not have the disposable income that you once had um, if you're in a salaried position and you go to starting your own business. Are you in a position where you could take that risk? Mm-hmm. And to invest in yourself. And right. are you prepared to invest? You can't ask people to invest in you if you're not prepared to invest in yourself. So you have to have that there's that demonstration of that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, is super important. Beautiful. Thank you for giving this down. Now, what is the you're secret? Welcome. What is the key? What is the most important thing an entrepreneur should have particularly a woman entrepreneur, a person of color who is working to clear that bar, leap over those restrictions that have been in place, who knows, you know, time immemorial because Mm -hmm. of implicit bias. I think it's knowing that there is implicit bias out there being 
acknowledging that in the first place and knowing you're not alone and facing that um, and then being downright um, just having that grit that you're going to to do what it takes to see your vision uh, come to fruition despite any of the hurdles that might come in front of you and there will be many of them and some uh, and when you run your own business I, I have spoken to so many of my friends over the years that have especially women um, how does that change your personal life or impact it right it, it, those are the things you have to think about as well well you're leading it, right it, into my next question Cynthia <laughs> I have oh, to ask good. this question this is modern love radio how mm-hmm. does a tigress keep her love life moving forward because any woman who's in business is going to be something of a tigress because you have to be so what does love have to do with it Cynthia I think it has everything to do with it right because if, well first of all yeah if, when the right person is in your life they make you the best person you can possibly be right they fulfill you and they want you to be successful and they're there to support you when you need it but I think it's finding someone who's super comfortable and secure with who they are, right? Because if you're in a relationship with somebody who's needy or has issues with their own insecurity, I I don't quite understand how you could thrive and succeed in building your own business. It would be such a distraction day to day. Yeah, that makes sense. So having a partner who's got your back is number one. And, of course, you know, I'm a big fan of people having love, information, education, training, because Mm -hmm. it takes really great communication and having a skill set that will get you through anything, and we have to learn it. Everybody has this crazy idea, I fall in love and that's enough. No, love is never enough. You need so much more to hold that love, grow that love, sustain that love, especially in the face of challenges in life. And being an entrepreneur is its own challenge. So, Cynthia, you Mm -hmm. get the last word. What do you want to leave us with? And before you get the last word, I want to add something, because you made a comment at the top of the interview. You said at the time you started, you didn't have a network of women at your mm-hmm. level, you could talk to. And I just want to put a plug in. Please, everyone, look for women-led organizations. I just spent last week two days leading a training on a retreat for the Women Presidents Organization. There are organizations like the WPO. There is the National Business Women's Association. Look for a group of women entrepreneurs, women business leaders, whatever it is you're up to, women in the financial world, and get support. We had a Mm -hmm. devastating incident here in the Bay Area where one of the top women executives in Silicon Valley took her life. And we all had to say, how could that happen on our watch? We have to be there for one another and help one another and support one another. So do look for that support. And if you're in a position to give support, do it, please. So, Cynthia, over to you. You get the last word. What do you want to leave us with? You know, as as women, we 
we can write the stories that we want to live. And in doing that, we discover something really terrific. Life is something we lead rather than it leading us. And that's really important because we only get one chance at this. And I don't think we need to compromise who we are or what we want for anyone. It's a matter of if you want to start a business, then sit down, get serious about what it takes to put that plan in motion. If you want to go get an education, think long and hard. What do you want to apply your education to? So what is the best school to go to? What's the best program for you? Because something was good for somebody else doesn't necessarily mean it's great for, for you. And I think we need to be a little selfish in how we want to obtain the goals that we want in life. And I think that advice is great advice. It applies to women especially. I think men could use it too. And Cynthia DiBartolo, mm-hmm. I know that you have a purpose. And that purpose you stated is for women, people of color, people who've been disenfranchised to have access to capital, to have access to ways mm-hmm. to improve their lives in their communities. And I think that purpose has a lot to do with your stellar success. And everyone, if you haven't figured out your purpose, I invite you to do that because when you know your purpose, it's like having the compass pointed where you need to go. So thank you. We're talking today, everybody, to Cynthia DiBartolo, a tigress in a shark tank, the founder of Tigress Financial, and a force to be reckoned with. Such a pleasure, Cynthia. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dr. Brenda. All the best to you in the new year. (laughs) You bet. And a big thank you to Cliff Dunning, our producer, and to you modern lovers. Get yourself to Eventbrite and get your ticket so that you can join me in our Modern Love Training Center, our brand new Modern Love Training Center. I might add we're going to be in it for the first time on February 8th, that's Saturday. It's from 10 to 6. It's time for you to commit a day in your life to creating your best love and sex now. You will learn those seven proven steps and get a chance to see what it means to be really prepared for great love in this new decade. All right, modern lovers, thank you. Have a fabulous week. Be back with you next week. Blessings. 